Hey friends, we are thrilled that you have chosen to join us today online. We hope and pray that the Lord will meet you here, that you will grow together with us. Um, but we also know that it's God's heart for you to be connected to a local church family. And if you're in this area and you want to connect specifically with MRCC, would you text to 94000, text MRCC, and we'll connect with you. We'll give you an opportunity to just be a part of the online community of MRCC, but also eventually with us in person. And also, while we can only worship together online, we strongly want to encourage you to join us for one of our interactive services where you can interact with your pastoral team and your fellow church body. We meet online via our website Saturday evenings at 7 p.m. and also Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Amen. I love that opportunity to chat. Mm -hmm. Join in it with us. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with it. And we're also planning an event coming up really soon. We want to have a drive-through kids party. Now we are going to have all those Easter eggs out. So at one point in the drive-through, you're going to be given an opportunity for your kids to jump out of the car, kind of like a race, grab some Easter eggs and jump back in their car as you continue on. But it's just an opportunity for one, you to just come through and be here on campus to see your Kidman team and your leadership team wave. We have some times allotted for each age group. So if you go to Facebook and check out the event, you'll be able to learn more about what this event is all about. Church, we also want to thank you for your faithful giving at this time. For those of you who don't know, you can give via our website or our church app or our office is open if you want to stop by and drop off a payment. Awesome. And of course, we want to invite you again, if you're able, to walk with us after church. We're doing that every Sunday during this time between 1230 and 130. So after our Sunday service, the last one, at some point, just come and join us on the trail. We'll social distance the way that we're called to right now and just wave and smile and have some time to just see one another on the trail. We hope you can make it. Well, hey, if you feel led, Get on your feet. Let's enter into a time of worship together, church. Amen. Good morning, church. Our God is here. Let us worship him together as his sons and daughters. Father, we lift up this praise to you. We know it's crazy times, but we are confident in your promise and your goodness. Let us worship him and declare these words, church. When darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know Why won't be shaken? Why won't be shaken? Do you believe that, church? My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Yes. Shame no longer has a place to hide. Yeah. 
You've been rescued with grace. Would you give us some praise today? Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, God, we believe in the power of who you are. We recognize that anything is possible with you. So we rest assured and are confident in your love and we worship you. Would you sing these words, church? Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Yeah. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Yes, Lord. Just one touch. church just one word you hear what's broken inside me thank you jesus just one word and you revive every dream oh yes just one touch i feel the power of heaven oh just one There's not a mountain that he 
It is so significant to declare this. It is so true. There's no sickness too great. There's no burden too great. In your own word in Romans, it says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. You see, church, in this situation, no matter what happens, we win either way because he won it all. Can we celebrate this champion who's won over evil and death? We worship you, Lord.
we declare these things in Jesus' name. The power of your love, the strength of your love has the power to conquer all evil, all burdens. Father, whom shall we fear? God, we pray that you would free us from anxiety during this time and that we would just press in knowing who you are and worship before you. Father, continue to lead us. We humble ourselves before you. We submit ourselves before you. Continue to speak to us in this time of praise, in this message today, in our daily lives. God, lead us. Draw us to you. Father, we worship you because you're worthy. You are the one that we can trust. You are our constant. You are true. And in Jesus' name, we worship you. Amen. Amen, church. Thank you so much for joining us in praise and worship to our wonderful creator today. Extraordinary men and women went before us with unmatched resilience, enduring hardship when called upon to defend and liberate. They said yes. They found courage to rise with every sun, loyalty toward their country, discipline for every command, even in the darkest hours, they said yes. They cherished and fought for freedom, so those coming behind them were assured of it. And when the moment came for them to give it all, their futures never to be written, they said yes. Today, we think upon their sacrifice and find our way to honor them saying yes to making the most of what they gave us and filling the earth with God's goodness. We thank them for their yes. They will never be forgotten. Well, happy Memorial Day, friends. Uh, thanks for honoring today with us the memory of those that served our country. Uh, we honor those families that have lost loved ones, and we thank you. And I want to ask that if you're actually participating in one of our interactive services right now, uh, would you just take a minute to write in the chat someone's name that maybe you've known that gave their life for our country? It's just a simple way to honor their memory and a way for you to engage with us in an interactive service. And then while you're doing that, I want to give you one more opportunity. I'd like to give you all the opportunity in the chat uh, to share some thoughts about my hair. Because, you know, every week, Pastor Greg, without fail, says something kind of crazy, uh, some kind of comment about his hair. So fire away. Are there any audible gasps in the crowd today? Do it. <laughs> you see, I haven't cut my hair during this time either. And... Um, I'm planning to go six months without cutting it, just like Pastor Greg, so uh, go for it. What do you have to say? Put it in the chat. It's kind of fun. Just have fun with it. You know, you know I'm kidding, but uh, I will say this. <laughs> the longer my hair gets, uh, the more fun it is to flip around in our kids' church worship. And if you haven't checked out kids' church, I guarantee that it would be a, a good dance workout for you. And uh, it's just a fun way to see what we've been up to. So join us there if you can. And uh, if you don't know who I am or haven't guessed it yet, um, I do serve here at MRCC as your children's pastor. I love it. I love my job so much. Uh, but I also love the opportunity to come here and share God's word with you 
today. So I want to thank you uh, for being here. I want to thank you for making church a priority right now. You know, while we recognize that online church is available for you at any time, there is just something good and purposeful about setting aside a specific time of worship. I mean, without that, it would be easy to decide to watch service later and later may never actually come. So that's why we are encouraging everyone uh, to select an interactive service time or simply set aside a special time, a specific time that your family can gather together. Something I've come to understand more and more is that when we are more intentional, uh, there is an accountability in that choice to meet with Jesus and to stay connected with the body of Christ. You know, we miss you so much and um, we appreciate this opportunity right here to be able to connect with you in this way. So I wanna encourage each other, I wanna encourage you uh, to make some comments in the chat today. Uh, say an amen if there's something that the Lord impresses on your heart. Um, it just gives us that feeling that we're more connected to one another, almost like we're sitting together in one place, amen? And if you have your Bible with you, um, we will primarily be in the book of Acts chapter one. We'll also be in John, Ephesians, well, you know me. Uh, We'll have scriptures from all over the Bible today. So uh, you can also follow along on the app. If you have that with you, you can open that up on your phone. Um, or you can just know that scriptures will be popping up on the screen here as well. And a title, a little context that I wanna give for you today uh, is called The Space Between. I wanna give you a little context. Uh, next Sunday, May 31st, actually marks seven weeks or 50 days after Easter. Many believers would celebrate this as the day of Pentecost. In the New Testament, Pentecost was the day uh, that believers received the gift of the Holy Spirit that God had promised would come to them after he ascended. And the ascension of Jesus was just 10 days before Pentecost. So this weekend actually marks the time frame of his ascension. And it's my hope to use our time today to share some parallels to the experiences of the apostles in Jesus' day leading up to that time of his ascension. So that's why I'm calling this the space between. Because there was a space between the time when Jesus rose from the grave and the time that he ascended. There's a space right now between where we are in this virus that started and a time when we'll have more freedom to gather. There's a space between the situations in every home across America. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that today. What we do learn from scripture is that Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection, teaching those that he had affirmed to be apostles, teaching those who would spread the word of God after he was gone, those who would start the church of believers, who would share their experiences with others of all that they had witnessed and seen during the time of ministry with Jesus. And Jesus had spent some of that time with them. Even before his crucifixion, he was telling them that he would be leaving. He spent time trying to prepare them for a change that was coming. Much like we're in a time of change right now. There's a space between. Look at what Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 16, verse seven. He said, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus is talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
that is given to all who believe in him. But that gift was not available while Jesus was with them. So it was for their good that he was going away. And, and you can read the full account in John chapter 16, but Jesus was basically telling them that there was going to be a time that, they, that he would not be with them. There would be a time when they would actually be rejected. And he was wanting to warn them of the difficulties they would face because he wasn't going to be with them physically anymore. And then if you look in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, this is after his resurrection. And he's trying to help them understand again when he told them to wait in Jerusalem for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted the believers to understand that he had to leave them for their benefit, that the plan ahead was, was for their good. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus was preparing them for ministry without his physical uh, presence. He was preparing them for the start of the church, the spreading of the gospel. He said in Jerusalem, which in translation might be uh, able to say like our neighbor, uh, our neighbors in our city or even around the state. Um, in Judea, we might say that could relate to the entire United States of America. In Samaria, I like to think of this like it relates to people that maybe you might feel uncomfortable sharing the gospel with. Because remember, Samaria, there was a tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. And then, of course, to the ends of the earth, well, we're, we're called to share the gospel across the entire world. And God was calling them into something new. It was something unfamiliar to them, but it was something new. And if we continue reading in verse 9, this is right after he told them to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And verse 9 says, He, being Jesus, was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? You know, even after all that time of preparation and teaching, they were looking intently into the sky as Jesus ascended to the point that angels had to remind them to move on, saying, why do you stand here looking into the sky? They're basically communi communicating with them. Remember what Jesus told you? It's time for a change. I wonder if the apostles were hoping that it was all just a big joke and that Jesus would just come back down to restore the kingdom like they had expected. Kind of like right now. Are we wishing things would just go back to the way they were before? When, when I feel a sense of uncertainty, how much easier is it just to look back on what was familiar? To want things to go back to the, what we knew before? It reminds me, and bear with me here, but it reminds me of a pivotal moment during childbirth. When I realized that it was gonna take a lot more work from me if I wanted this baby to come into the world, there was this one part of me that was just arguing that I wasn't ready, that I couldn't do what it would take, uh, and that this baby was just gonna have to find her own way out. But then the other part of me just knew that it was time. You know, you've heard the phrase before, this is where the rubber meets the road. Colin's dictionary actually says it's when theory becomes reality. There is this pivotal moment when we have to choose to embrace change 
to step forward into something that may be unfamiliar. And I wonder if we find ourselves in a season right now. Are we looking so intently back at the time before this virus, waiting for this season to just end, when God is saying it's time to move forward to embrace something new? Look at what happened in scripture. Remember the two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This is a pivotal moment in scripture. Things won't go back to the way they were. Jesus told you he would be leaving. And yet, when Jesus ascended, they stood there looking intently into the sky. I think we have a hard time looking forward when our situation seems uncertain. It's easy to look back to what was familiar, even if it was broken or unhealthy or maybe even wrong. And God is saying, I'm bringing you into something new. Unfamiliar? Yeah. But for your good, even more so. Consider what the Lord is speaking into your situation right now. He's calling you to move forward. Maybe, maybe you've been anticipating going back to something that the Lord is asking you to move on from. Maybe it's a toxic relationship, a negative pattern of living, or a schedule that pulls you in so many directions that you have no time left to be a part of your church community. Can I give you another example in scripture? All the way back in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were brought out of slavery, they're walking in the desert, heading toward the promised land. A life of freedom, out of the land of slavery. And yes, they faced struggles and challenges and each one, God met them in their need, but they kept longing for what was familiar, complaining along the way. Look at. Exodus 16, verse 3, it says, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve. And this was right after God had parted the Red Sea for them to cross through. And don't forget the plagues in Egypt. Those plagues are what led to their freedom. And if God can do all that, do you really think he's going to let you starve in the desert? They were missing the blessing, friends. God wasn't just providing their need in the desert. He was showing them miracle after miracle after miracle. And they were still looking back at their land of slavery. Are you? You see, they knew what to expect back there in Egypt. It was familiar. Even though it was broken and wrong, it was familiar. But understand, my goodness, manna was falling from the sky for them. It was a miracle before their very eyes. And when God sent quail, all the birds flying in, enough to feed an estimated 2.5 million people. Imagine that, the number of birds that had to fly in for that. And then water was just flowing from rocks. And even after he brought them through the desert, they were camped right outside the promised land. And still they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to accomplish what God had promised them. God had met their every need. And yet in their doubt, look at what they said. Numbers 14, 4 says, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. 
Friends, why? Why would they choose to go back to slavery? Why didn't they trust God to carry out his promise? Which leads me to ask, why do we choose to go back to the things that we know are not beneficial? I believe it's because we get stuck in the familiar, even if it's broken. Can I suggest something? I don't think God wants us to go back to our busy schedules, to the consumer, have it now, expect it yesterday life. Sporting events and activities that consume our entire week, making it difficult to fit in any engagement with our church family. A life that is so crazy fast, so overwhelmed, so me-centric that we don't even need Jesus. In a culture that encourages selfish consumption, that disregards others for the sake of personal gain, or a culture of such harsh expectation of easy offense that it destroys relationships. You get the idea, I think you understand what I'm saying, but our culture has drifted slowly, one compromise at a time, much like the Israelites did in the desert. So the question leads us to say, what small compromises have we been making that God is showing you in this season? And are you willing to look forward with Jesus to step into something new, to embrace this space between and looking at the blessings ahead instead of hoping to return to what the Lord intended for us to leave behind? I'd actually like to spend the rest of our time this morning or this afternoon or whenever it is that you're listening. I want to talk a little bit more about one particular thing that has been on my heart specifically. Because my prayer from the very start of this pandemic has been that families would see each other more fully. That where frustrations, irritations, or anger might have been, that there would be a call for change, that it would start to take shape in families that God would stir in the heart of every believer a willingness to receive his direction, to place more priority in staying connected to the body of Christ, to be more intentional in our relationships for the sake of the kingdom. There, that we would decide that the fighting just isn't worth it. That love and care for one another is more beneficial, that we would look to God in his word for everything. Look with me at Ephesians 5, 2. It says, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. When Jesus went to the cross, he said it was for the joy set before him. He also said to God, not my will, but yours be done. There is nothing happy about going to the cross. He didn't even desire it, but his heart was willing that the joy set before him was to follow God's will for the benefit of all who would believe. Let's look at Philippians 2, 5 through 7, because this is where we understand what it means to us, that our relationships, what this means. It says, in your relationships with one another, 
in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We're called to have that same mindset as Christ Jesus. Read with me from verse six. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Friends, we are called to have the same mindset as Jesus. But this passage goes so far against our human nature when it says he made himself nothing. Not a nothing, as in a worthless nothing. No way. God's love for his creation is beyond measure. You are a masterpiece created in Christ to do good. You are loved so much that God chose to send Jesus for you. He created you. You are unique and beautiful and you are made in his image that you might bear his name in all that you do. So let's not be confused. This verse is referring to the everything that Jesus gave up in order to participate in the entire human experience from birth to death so that we can see a God that is able to sympathize with us in every way. And we are called to that same mindset. Are we willing to give up everything for the sake of the kingdom so that others can see Jesus in us? We can understand this even more fully if you look at verse 8 when it reads that he humbled himself, taking the very nature of a servant. To be humble is not to think less of yourself, but to think of yourself less. Let me say that again. Humility isn't thinking less of who you are or thinking you aren't valued or that you're worthless, but instead thinking of yourself less, not elevating yourself in importance over others or thinking of yourself more highly than others, that we would be obedient to God's will, having the same mindset as Jesus. I heard someone say once that nothing is like the number zero. And in math, zero is actually the most powerful number if you think about it. Take any number and multiply it by zero or take any number to the power of zero. Zero. Sometimes, friends, the most powerful thing you can do is to make yourself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Again, not in a negative way, but in a serving others for the sake of the kingdom kind of way. You know, when my kids argue or when they fight with each other, it's because someone has decided that the other person doesn't deserve their favor or their love. So what they're doing is they're placing themselves in a higher place of value than the other. That in turn, they're communicating that the other isn't valuable enough for their grace and their love. And if I have learned anything, it's that I don't deserve God's grace, but he offers it to me and asks that I would respond the same to others. Look with me at Romans 15, 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. In order to bring praise to God, that we would accept one another the same way that Christ has accepted me and, and you. So here's the question to consider. When you feel irritated or interrupted, how do you respond? With love 
or with contempt. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Is the thief stealing your patience or destroying your opportunity to walk in the way of love? How often do we blame others for irritating us, for pushing our buttons? You know, when I feel irritated, it's because someone has interrupted something that I was trying to do, a job or a task. And while sometimes I do have to ask my kids to give me just a few minutes so I can finish up an idea that I don't want to lose my train of thought, I also need to remember that relationship is so much more important than any task. It's the reason that my house isn't as clean as I want it to be, or the dishwasher isn't as well loaded as I would prefer, or the reason for the many, many house projects that have been waiting for me to have time for. Because what I've learned is this, that I will honor my Heavenly Father so much more when I allow relationships to trump my task list. You know, irritation stems from the unattended or interrupted task. People aren't trying to irritate me, well, most of the time. And irritation comes when I allow my task list or my own selfish desire to trump those relationships. Essentially, what I'm doing is I'm devaluing someone in order to elevate me, which goes completely against humility and sacrifice. I've been called to express in Jesus' name that he says this. He says, he came that I may have life and have it to the full. And I know that he's planning to walk with me now and help me to see this path that leads to his fullness. But it only comes from him. And that that will return to me a greater joy than what the thief is trying to do in stealing and destroying my relationships. Consider this. There is incredible power in the space between irritation and response. The smaller that space between, our response is reactionary. It's harsh, it's snappy, it's selfish even. But the greater the space we put between, our reaction can subside and a positive response has room to grow. And if we invite the Holy Spirit into that space between, He will give us what we need to help us in our weakness so that we will be better equipped to respond in love. Ephesians 4, 10 and 11 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Friends, we are given the tools by God to walk in the way of love. The verse says, in His mighty power. It requires us to recognize that I need His power to accomplish this. Let me close our time with this. You will never lose when you choose to honor or bless someone with a personal sacrifice. And you will never lose when you choose to bless someone with kindness 
in a situation where you're tempted to explode in. But you will lose if you allow your emotions to control your relationships. On the contrary, you will earn greater trust and respect when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in that space between. And I pray and I trust that the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today. You know, part of the reason that the Lord put this on my heart specifically is because of our situations that we are all in, in different places, in different ways. You know, kids and families are at home in the same place all the time. It leads to very much potential in that irritation and frustration. And I recently read that the divorce rate in China has just skyrocketed during this time. So we need to stop staring into the sky, wishing that things would just go back to the way they were and embrace the call of Jesus into something new. Maybe unfamiliar, but new because it's for our good. Let's fight for good relationships with each other. Walk in the way of love. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, humbling ourselves before the Lord and putting on the full armor of God. Will you join with me as we pray? Jesus, we are so thankful for what your word teaches us. We are so thankful that we even have this opportunity of time, this space in between where we can really reflect on what you are trying to teach us, what you're trying to show us. And God, I pray that we would be a people that would be hearing you, Lord, that we'd be responding to you, and that Lord, in our relationships, God, that we would let you guide us in all truth, that we would walk in the way of love in everything that we do, God, that we would put on the mindset of Jesus to love others the way you love us. In your name we pray, amen, amen. You know, I have a benediction for us. It's based on Ephesians 3.16. It says this, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's so great we will never fully understand it. And may, it, may you be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Have a great week, guys. We hope to see you on the trail. I hope to see you when we have our kids party in the parking lot on June 6th. Love ya. June 7th. <laughs>